Hello, and welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retiner, your host, broadcasting from my home in the Hamptons, where I have lived for over 55 years. I've written a dozen books about this glorious place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small tourist towns, quaint fishing villages, and a summer playground for high society, to what it is today, a world-class resort for celebrities, artists, musicians, authors, and billionaires. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with not only these people, but also prominent local people who have helped shape the Hamptons. Welcome to Dan's Talks. My guest this morning is Carrie Doyle, who uh, this past weekend, along with others, uh, uh, put on a festival, a four-day festival about murder and mayhem in the Hamptons, specifically in East Hampton, that I think was one of the most successful and remarkable out-of-season events we've that's ever been in the Hamptons. And first thing I want to do is congratulate you. I had no idea what this was all about. And the second thing, and I was on one of the panels, which uh, the room was packed with about 100 people, had venues in East Hampton for four days, all through downtown, we park your car with the parking was suspended for the, these four days, the rules, because the mayor was very involved in all this and uh, was co-founder of it. And the venues were at uh, Bookhampton, the middle school, the library, uh, Thomas Moran studio. It was, uh, you just walk a couple of hundred yards and you're in another location for another event, either a, a lecture or a, a panel discussion or a book signing or uh well, how did this all happen, uh, Carrie? Well, uh, a friend of mine last summer said to me she had been to, actually last winter, to Icelandic Noir, which is a literary festival in Iceland uh, with lots of authors, mystery and crime authors. And she said, we should do something like this in East Hampton. This was Pam Mallory. And I said, you know, that's a great idea. And I thought, why just limit it to fiction? I'm also very interested in true crime and legal, procedural panels. And so we decided to make it an interactive festival. And when I was running for office last summer, someone said, what are you going to do for off-season programming? And I said, I think we should have a mystery and crime festival. Oh, and the mayor liked the idea. When you say you were, you've been interested in nonfiction and fiction, what, what brought you to that? What, 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 what was your interest that you thought this was a good idea? I know you're right. Oh, you've written books. Right. I write, I'm a mystery author. And so I'm definitely, I read, primarily I read mysteries and mystery and thrillers. And then also I've always been interested in court cases, famous court cases. My favorite class I ever took in my whole life was in seventh grade at my school. We took a class called Law, which we learned, it had this great textbook, which condensed for seventh grader, all the great, greatest hits of law cases that have affected our country and our laws. And then we went to watch a courtroom and we watched 12 Angry Men. And it was really, that was like so vivid for me. And I did my first term paper on the Charles Augustus Lindbergh Jr. abduction. And since then, I have just loved everything about legal procedure and crimes. I love the OJ trial and I followed the greatest hits of trials. So for me, it was interesting. Where did you, where was this, uh, where did you go to school? I went to Spence on the Upper East Side in New York. And then uh, after that, where was your... I went to boarding school at Taft School, where my son now goes. And then I went to Barnard College. So you, I can see where this would 
interest you. Um, yeah, definitely. Have you ever done a, something like a festival before? I've never, I've never even actually been to a festival before, but I compare this experience when I was uh, 23 years old, I had been a Russian major at Barnard and I'd studied and worked in Moscow during college. And I moved over to help launch Harper's Bazaar magazine in Moscow. And I was put in charge of the launch party, but, and so all the facets, and I had this wonderful idea, be careful what you say, but to have Sharon Stone come to the launch party since she was on the first cover of Harper's Bazaar, the Russian edition. And she came and it was, I had to navigate her party. She wanted bodyguards. She wanted, you know, to stay at this place. And the whole backdrop was at the Radisson hotel where the two owners of it were feuding. One was the leader of the Chechen mafia who Frederick Forsyth actually named a character after. And the other one with this American and they kept fighting and pulling Sharon in all directions. And she was not easy to deal with. We had a Saudi prince who wouldn't move out of the presidential suite. It was really out of a movie. And at the end, it actually, it was a lot of tension. And then nine weeks after the festival, the American was assassinated by his own bodyguard, who they believe was by the Chechen guy. So I had a lot of backdrop and drama and it ended in murder. But that's well, that was the comparative experience, trying to negotiate landing rights in the center of Moscow and all dealing with the Hermitage. It was it was a lot. So how did you uh, deal with the uh, downtown East Hampton situation? That was a lot easier. No murder. You know, I think people were excited. Yes, there were some people who didn't exactly know what this festival was because we had different elements. We have the interactive, interactive, immersive elements like the who killed the mayor, the forensics world put that on to have really teach you about how crime scene experience, how the forensics experts deal with it. We had the mayor's bus tour. We had the escape rooms at the library. And so, and then the panels, I think people, you know, once they got it, they got it. I will say we had extraordinary partnerships within the village, especially the library, which really, I mean, Dennis Febizak, they, they are a well-oiled machine. They did the escape rooms. They did everything. They were such a great partner in the historical society as well in Bookhampton. So we have so much talent in our village and everybody just worked so hard and, and there was no weak link. And so it was like a mosaic. We all put this festival on together. What I used to know was the Morton Pennypacker Room of Historical Documents was referred last weekend as the Green Room. Yes, the yes, it was the green room. We did have to have well, another thing that we were so fortunate is that we have some we have the Hamptons International Film Festival in October, and we have some great people who work there who are available in the spring since there are festivals in the fall. So we had these real pros come in and help us, and they knew things like green rooms and stages and setting up chairs. They were just so awesome. I, I can't this really I I hate I sound so cliche, but it really took a village. We uh, so many people made this happen, and everybody just worked so hard. Yeah, who were some of the primary that worked the hardest besides the mayor himself, who I think did a remarkable job? Well, my co-founder Jackie Dunphy is amazing. Um, we were fortunate to find Florence Buchanan through a friend early on. She's our creative director. She designed every ad that was in dance, every our programs, our sponsor decks. She looked over everything, and she's she's not only just an amazing designer, but she's a proofreader and a troubleshooter. And I mean, I can't even single out. It was a wave of people. Like there were people in the beginning, Jennifer Sheehan, who would wrangle the talent. And then towards the end, it was like Ellen Collins and Nancy McGurk coordinating the volunteers. Danny went and Jack 
McSpadden as our financial coordinators. It was people from all walks. I, uh, I know I'm forgetting people, but everybody worked hard. How many different uh, venues, uh, not venues, how many different uh, kinds of different events altogether? It was about 30 of them over the course of four days? Well, if you include each panel individually, yes, probably around that. I actually didn't even count, and I really should, and I should count how many participants, because, I mean, from the escape rooms to the graveyard tours, you know, there was a lot of offerings, and and that's what I wanted it to be, that there was something for everybody, and you didn't have to go every day and see all the panels. You could go to one or two panels, but, you know, we tried to have something for everyone, and all ages and all demographics. And it was specifically important for us to keep the costs low and offer a lot of free programming because we have to remember not everybody in our village can afford all the things that are offered in our village. And we have to consider have things for them to enjoy as well. It's And that's one of the mayor's big initiative to bring all demographics together and everybody and have things for everybody in the village. What do you guess is the number of people who you think came into into town and uh, the total number of people who went to this? Well, we're still working on like uh, people who came in. We want to get some numbers from the hotels. And, and, and it's hard because people did Airbnb. We're working on trying to get that information also from the restaurants and the, and the, and who was shopping. I mean, we had about, you know, 700 people come through all of our events that we know of, you know, and we don't know. Some people may have come and just sat in that we didn't count. Um, so uh, there were a lot of people, but we also met people who flew from New Zealand to come to this. There were people from California, from Canada, and from um, Chicago. And here's the big announcement. The good news is the winner of Who Killed the Mayor was not a local. It was someone who had flown in from California to see Michael Connolly. And then they won that Who Killed the Mayor. When I was thinking about it ahead of time, I was thinking about something like where you go to a restaurant crime thing where you sit and eat dinner and they it's like an Agatha Christie mystery going on while you're having dinner. Did you ever think of having something like that in this? Maybe you're going to do it next year. We can do. What do you think? Yeah, I think we want we wanted to. Um, that is a great idea. We talked about something like that, and we also talked about having dinners. And a lot of the restaurants were really supportive of that. The Palm, Serafina, Dopo, La Spiaggia, they all were going to help us with that. The problem was sort of bandwidth. We didn't have, as our first year, and we only started in September, we just didn't have enough people to sort of take that and run with it. I think we found that people really like the interactive and, and like the Maidstone opening night party, we could have sold that 10 times over. People want to mix and mingle with the authors. And quite a lot of our authors agreed to participate in dinners. We didn't want to do it exactly like the uh, authors night at the East Hampton Library does, which is at people's homes. This was going to be in restaurants and that is something we'd like to do in the future. And one thing I would say about this um, festival is that we really want to be collaborative. We don't need to have ownership because it's being put on by the village. So if some other, you know, guild hall or someone else came to us and said, hey, we'd like to do this and be part of the festival. Absolutely. The more the merrier, the more that people can, you know, we already worked well with the, the library who put on the escape rooms and the young adult and all those panels. And then you know, Steve Long, but we'd love to have more collaboration with other village entities. Uh, among the uh, panels that uh, I, I saw there were some that had nothing to do with murder at all, but just the nuts and bolts of how, how to get your book published, which 
I thought was like more like convention stuff, except like there's no conventions you can go to. You can go, you can go to a convention if you own a bus company, you know, and you want right. to be with other bus company owners. But I don't think there's anything like that uh, in America that I know where I went to one of the lectures where uh, there were the editors who had written then written books and were, were asked about their experience of being on the other side of the table and how to, how to go about it. And the audience was, I think a lot of people there were, were authors. And um, I was surprised to find um, uh, that there were quite a number of people in East Hampton and South Hampton who write mysteries and murders that definitely wouldn't imagine yeah. that would be the case. And then uh, the heavy lifting, I think, uh, was the panel I was on, which involved the, the Ted Ammon murder, which was so, so preposterous about this man in the social uh, set of New York City who uh, got murdered at night in his home. Uh, it was just it was amazing to have the, the district attorney who uh, had prosecuted the killer as one of the panelists. And, yeah. and he dominated the uh, uh, event because there, there was so much that she knew that nobody knew. It was just amazing to listen listen to it all. What yeah, was, that was a great panel. What were some of the other panels that were well attended or that were, uh, you think, were like top of the line where people really learned interesting things? I think people were really interested in the organized crime panel. And interestingly enough, the, the, there were the three panelists who, who have all written books on the various aspects of organized crime are all local. They all yeah. live here. They're fantastic speakers. You could have spun each one off and had them do their own panel. And Casey Sherman, our true crime chair, did a great job moderating that panel. There was a lot of interest. Um, and that's when a lot of people said to me, I wish that was longer. People were very interested to hear Commissioner Ray Kelly come and talk to Steve Croft from 60 Minutes about his career. And what I what I thought was funny in that one was when he they, Steve Croft asked him, which police procedural shows he likes and he listed which ones he likes and the inaccuracies that bug him about certain ones and how he never had dinner with his family in his uniform and that bugs him in blue bloods. Those were great panels. I think, you know, obviously our guest event honor 101 panels were great. IAJ Finn and, and, and Anthony Horowitz, that was just a great panel. And unfortunately I couldn't make, I had a conflict at one of the other panels, but the young adult panel people say was spectacular where the three young adult authors really talked to the, the younger kids that were there and, you know, talked about how they became writers. And what I hope next year is when we have April, the, because Easter will be earlier next year, school will be in session and whatever authors we have can maybe come into the school and do the young adult panel in the school and really talk to these students about becoming writers and how they can do that. So interesting that in the age of where, writing uh, longhand newspapers and everything else are are giving way to uh, everything online, that there would be so much interest in. Uh, uh, do you think the pandemic, I think pan, the pandemic caused a, a surge in uh, people reading? That was That's just my opinion. I think so too, definitely. And also watching because now, you know, the number one programming for Netflix is true crime. They started to do away with everything but romance and true crime because that's what people were watching. And particularly, I don't know if you remember during the pandemic, everybody was watching that 
oh gosh, about the guy who had the lions and the pets. I forget, like everyone's watching that and people just sort of snowballed into now the Murdoch murders and people are listening to the podcasts and, and, it, and it really is interesting. And then yes, a lot of, you know, of these books now are being made, the fiction books into TV shows and films and, and then people are reading. So I think that there was a lot of time for circumspection and, you know, like people think things through and, and uh, so that's why maybe. How do you spend your time uh, from now it's over? What are you going to be doing uh, until they start this up again in the spring? Well, we have to start it up. I mean, there's a lot to be done actually this week. It's not over for us because we have to write all of put together all of our sponsor. We were so fortunate to have some sponsors and donors and we have to send them packages about, you know, with results. And then we want to put, make ourselves, we worked with the East Hampton Village Foundation this year, but we want to become our own 501c3 so that we can do our own, you know, checkbooks and all that. And, and then sort of already, we, we did a lot at the last minute, because even though we started in September, it's, that's a condensed amount of time. So we want to have all of our lineup and all of our stuff by, by September so that, you know, we're ready to go and, Every nothing can be done at the last minute. So there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of fundraising. We're fortunate to have people, you know, in our community who recognize that this is great, um, you know, to to have. And so they donated. And and I'd love to sort of reach out to more of them and have some summer events where, you know, to show them why this is good. Maybe have this summer a few times an author come in and talk to some some sponsors and say, this is what you know we're trying to do here. Have you ever been to one of these festivals? I, have, I know they have them in England, and I've heard they have them in places like Norway and stuff like that. I have never been. and um, But then this fall, I talked extensively to people who created the Authors Guild one in Massachusetts and in Maine and in Capital Crime in London and the Icelandic Noir and the Woodstock Festival. So I, I did research. Um, and then, of course, you know, we had two fabulous Honorary co-chairs Alfred Burke and Dan Mallory, AJ Finn, who um, helped us, you know, and told us what these are about and how it works. But no, I actually would love to go to Icelandic Noir. Um, th that would be a goal. A few of us want to go um, from the team. I think that's in, uh, I don't know, it's in November, December. So I, November, I'd like to go to that. That's a goal. Hard to go to Iceland in November. <laughs> There's not much. Stay. I know, <laughs> but keep in mind, I lived in Moscow for three years, so I, I'm okay with the cold and the dark. Well, I was there in the late '80s when uh, Gorbachev was just coming into power. It was a very interesting time. We stayed at the National and um, did a lot of stuff. It was fun, and yeah. uh, and we, at that time, and, and it's again in the same way. You have to. I don't know if you can even go back there now. Um, yeah, it's hard to go back. My husband is Russian, actually. He's from the Crimea, and um, which was the Ukraine. And it is hard to go back. My sister-in-law had to go back this past summer and because her stepmother was ill and she had to fly through Dubai. It took three days to get to where she needed to go because it, it is hard. It's a shame. So hopefully soon things will. Yeah, but well, thanks for being on the podcast. Well, I can just say that anybody who's interested in getting involved with the festival, we'd love to have you. We love volunteers. We need support. We need, you know, partnerships. So reach out to me at Carrie Doyle at HamptonsWhodunit.com. I'd love to hear from you and any suggestions you have. It was great and very helpful. And I want to thank Dan's papers, in particular, Dan and Vicki Schnapps. You guys were fabulous. We were our first partners. You had faith. You know, we working together was brilliant. So thank you so much for remaining steadfast and supportive. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. 
Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.